0: Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hello friends, Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and I have an incredible episode for you today. Joining us on today's podcast, is George a e. champion? George is a thought leader and the founder of Capital Wise, a financial planning f- and investment firm that works with entrepreneurs, tech founders, and public figures in helping them forecast their freedom. George is also the founder of Melanin Money, a movement that is looking to help 10,000 people of color invest their first thousand dollars to help close the wealth gap. Friends, I've been watching George grow his business over the past couple of years, and it's super exciting to have this entrepreneur here with us today to dive into his story and pretty much learn how he went about uh, you know, building this empire. Without further ado, help me welcome George e. Ichampa.
1: Hey, hey, how's it going? Thank you for so much for having me.
0: Brother, it's my absolute pleasure. So, you know, we've been connected for a while, and honestly, first time I stumbled upon your page, I'm like, man, I recognize that last name. He's Ghanaian. But then I listened to your videos, you don't have any Ghanaian accent. And I'm like, hey, where's the disconnect, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. So to tell me, brother, were you born in Ghana? Were you born in the States? You know, how do you have the last name? I'm just curious.
1: Nah, great, great question. So I was born here. Uh, my mom is from a small town called Farmville, North Carolina, and my dad's from Ghana, uh, West Africa. Uh, he moved over here in, in the 70s, and they met. And I'm still curious on how how someone from Ghana, West Africa met somebody from the small town of Farmville. but uh, nonetheless, uh, they met. And so I was born here, here in America.
0: I see. And you've built on a, I call it an empire because, you know, when you look at entrepreneurship, very few people, right? i would even dare to say probably only 1% of people of color have profitable businesses that they run full time, right? So what you've been able to do, is absolutely incredible. Can you walk me through kind of like a snapshot of your story, right? So the core moments in your life leading up to, you know, where you are today. And and please be sure to touch on some of the projects that you've, you know, or the businesses that you've built along the way.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So if we rewind back about a decade, uh, maybe even further than that, just to give you guys context, and I'll try to um, speed through this as fast as possible. So, you know, growing up young, you know, uh, my mom and dad, you know, uh, got separated, you know, when I was when I was pretty young, he himself was an entrepreneur and was going back and forth to Ghana um, and things, you know, just didn't, didn't work out between them. You know, no, no love lost there. And so I was here with my mom for the most part, um, and you know, she was effectively, you know, a single mother. Um, and so, you know, during those early years, you know, I had to, I had to kind of wear many hats as as young males do um, in that environment. And so, you know, I saw my mom, you know, trying to navigate, you know, through life. I didn't have the context to know if we were in a financially good or bad situation. I just knew or believed that there was some source of of a source spot as to why things were how they were, and so you know, in my young young mind at the time, I kind of wrapped my head around the fact that I felt like it had something to do with resources, financial resources, because I just know that I would ask for stuff, and oftentimes the answer would be no. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out this thing called money. And so at a very young age, uh, without knowing that it would transcend into a career path, um, I started to just you know uh learn about money um and that it was as simple as you know cutting grass and you know saving that money and, and finding different chores and things that I could do to earn small amounts of money and just saving it right not not using it um, and at one point even loaning it out to my aunts and uncles and not formally knowing the term of interest uh but um knowing that I should get more back uh, than I gave them right so that that just seemed logical um so you you fast forward a little bit and then I, I'm in college. Uh my mom is about to get remarried and she says, son, you've always been this, you know, young frugal kid. And even now you're you're still good with money. I'm about to merge my finances with my husband to be. And actually, I would like your input on you know some of the things we should be thinking about. So, you know, to paint the picture, I'm a I think a freshman in college. It's the summer of my freshman year. And so I'm spending time after hours during my internship, you know, putting together what I now know to be basically a financial plan, you know, I'm working in Excel and I'm putting in their expenses and their income and I'm giving them recommendations. And and for the life of me, I wish I could find that document that I created um, because this was long before I ever thought I would be a financial advisor. And so I shared that information with uh, someone who was in the industry, a friend of mine that was interning for a financial firm and asked them, was this something like what they offered you know their clients and he said man honestly this is this is much better um, and so that was kind of a seed that was planted that maybe this is something I needed to think about, but I continued on with the path of my current internship and fast forward to graduation and you know I graduated in '9 um, the time just you know during the midst of an economic recession and the job I was supposed to have uh, was not available and so I said, you know what let me venture into the financial space because I'm sure there'll be plenty of available jobs because that's what caused the crisis. Um, and so I ventured into that space, uh, started working for uh, a firm based in Charlotte, North Carolina, got my licenses, credentials, started to learn, um, and then ultimately you know, decided that I wanted to do this full time and create my own path in the industry. So after working there for a couple of years, uh, I then um, started my own firm with a few partners and you know, learned a lot. Uh, continue to evolve that vision uh, up until the point where we are now. And I have a registered investment advisory firm. Um, you know, from there, uh, I realized and continued to realize that representation in our industry uh, was something that was missing um, in a major way. And so I wanted to create a movement and an initiative that was specifically targeted for people of color. And that is how I created uh, Melanin Money, which is kind of an extension of my advisory firm, CapitalWise. And Melanin Money has a very targeted goal of helping 100,000 people, actually 100,000 people of color, invest their first or next $1,000 in the stock market. Because if you've been listening to The Investing Tutor, then you know that the stock market is one of the cornerstone ways to build wealth. As we're having this conversation, both of our accounts are actively working on our behalf, right? So I wanted to make sure that I had a platform that could seem tangible, right? That people could get started where they are um, with a, an amount of money that doesn't seem too big, right? Maybe aspirational for some folks, but does seem tangible. And that's where uh, and Money came. And so through that, you know, we, we've launched a variety of campaigns. Uh, we d- did Black Wealth Friday um, this past year. It's crazy that we're already creeping up to November this year. Uh, In Blackwell Friday, we help people invest over $600,000 in just 36 hours. Um, And other than that, our our whole purpose is to create pillars and platforms uh, to help eradicate the wealth gap, right, through education um, and through really tangible opportunities. So that is the 30,000-foot overview. I will stop there because if not, I will continue on for probably most of this podcast just because I'm so passionate about uh, the work that we do in this industry.
0: And brother, why do you think representation in the financial industry is super important?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, You cannot be what you can't see. Right. And so I I feel like it's important in two ways. Right. If we don't see people of color leading the charge in this industry, then that is going to sow subconscious seeds that wealth is not for us. Right. If only uh, our Caucasian counterparts are the only ones leading the charge, the only ones at educating, um, you know, then that means, okay, well, wealth must just be for those people, right? We just have to stay in our place because wealth isn't for us. You know, That's the first thing. The second reason is because I wanna inspire the next George, right? I wanna inspire the next Dr. Hines. You wanna inspire the next Dr. Hines, right? To say, hey, look, there are other paths other than sports and entertainment, right? Or working a nine to five. Right? You can be someone who actually leads other people on building wealth. Right? I think we have a pretty cool profession. We literally show people how to make money their employee. Right? And so I think it's a very cool profession. So on two fronts, I think representation is important so that someone who wants to get into this industry, sees someone that looks like them, no different than they see a LeBron James and say, hey, I want to go play basketball. And also so that you know that wealth is for us. Right. And when you see other people like you, someone that looks just like you, educating you on wealth, it opens the doors. One of the analogies I always use is I'm so excited to see the generation and what they do for the world and how much uh, ambition they have and how empowered they feel who were just being born when Barack was in office. Their only president, um, their first president rather, was Barack Obama, right? And not necessarily for his policies and what he did, you know, this isn't a political conversation, but it's so that you know that at the highest level, uh, you know, things are possible for me. I don't have, there's no mental barrier because their whole life, they didn't grow up seeing, um, you know, people that didn't look like them in leadership, right? So I think it's so important, especially in our space, as people who help folks build wealth, to know that this is something that is for you and your family.
0: When I started this journey about learning about money, which I'm going to ask you about next, the individuals that I looked up to were Andrew Carnegie, um, Henry Ford, JP Morgan, and you know, Warren Buffett. I wish you know, I knew at that time about you know, other, let's say, Black millionaires that you know, I could have learned from or, or saw, right? So along those lines how did you come to learn about money and who were some of your earlier if you will mentors
1: Yeah 100 percent Um so the way I came to learn about money uh was was honestly through a lot of trial and error initially. So again um to tell a quick story uh you know when I was you know back in the days when PS1 when the PS1 first came out you know I was I was begging my mom I said mom I want this PS1 for Christmas And, you know, I kept asking her, I kept asking her. She she didn't say no, um, but Christmas rolled around and then I looked under the tree and I guess my imagination got the best of me. And I saw this box and I'm like, man, that box is shaped just like a PS3, it's gotta be it. And I opened that box on Christmas and it was most certainly not a PS1, I guess, at the time. Um, And so in that moment, I was like, okay, well in life, if there's things that you want, you gotta you gotta go out here and get it yourself, right? So that taught me the the, the value of hard work and work ethic very early on. Uh, I got a job, you know, you know, when I was in my early teenage years, and then, you know, um, because I know that I needed financial resources to buy the things that I wanted, I had to save, right? And so I learned some very just simple but fundamental um, elements of, of money management at a very young age. Um, so fast forward a little bit um to college, right? Then, you know, I'm starting to read books. I heard about, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, you know, some people say are saying he's canceled now. I don't know. Um, and I, and I, so I started to just read um books of on money, right? I never similar to you, I never really gravitated towards the Dave Ramsey's of the world. Um, even before I knew a lot about money, it just didn't it didn't seem like it made sense. Um so I gravitated, you know, to people who had um, you know, limitless uh, thought processes. And then, and then because I got into the financial services industry, um, my mentors end up becoming the folks who uh, were teaching me, you know, how to do this job, right? And so, you know, I had some folks who had been in the industry for, you know, 10 years prior to me joining, and they became, you know, my, my early mentors in the space, and just kind of give me the, the lay of the land as it relates to understanding investments, money management, and the fundamental principles.
0: You mentioned something that really just spoke to me that the concept of having a limitless mindset, because in the beginning, when I was reading all of those financial books and I picked up the book and, you know, just like any other book, I didn't know what I was going to read. But then as I started to go through the book, I just felt like something didn't sit right with my spirit. (laughs) just something awkward about an individual literally forcing you to have a scarcity mindset to live a very timid life and to just obey his orders. I just felt (laughs) like it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if we go back to some of the core foundational kind of principles, like fortune favors the bold, or if you look at individuals who've achieved notable success in life, they didn't just play small. They didn't just stay in their lane. They didn't just follow orders. They took calculated risks, right? So I just feel like that mindset and mentality is really limiting people, which is the opposite of what you're sharing. I would love to have your thoughts on that. 100%, yeah. So.
1: Folks like Dave Ramsey, what they essentially do is they, they forecast out to the world and say, hey, look, you know what? You can't think for yourself. You, 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 you can't trust yourself. So I'm going to give you a, a blueprint that will save you from yourself. because I don't believe you, you possess the financial wherewithal or acumen to learn and to do things at the highest level. So instead of teaching you how to win, I'm going to show you how to not lose, right? Because of course, there's no doubt that folks have followed Dave Ramsey's model and they paid off debt. And, you know, from the measuring stick that they think success looks like they feel financially secure, but it's really from the lens of scarcity. It's like, no, 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 don't do this. It's like dieting, right? It's like, it's not about dieting. It's about having a a well-rounded lifestyle that allows you to enjoy the things you want to enjoy, but understanding the, how they fit into the whole macro perspective of what's important to your life, right? It's not don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, because then that gives you a bad relationship with food, right? And what'll end up happening is if you're depriving yourself, then one day if you get a small sample, you're going to overindulge, right? Um, and so I think like Dave Ramsey and you know, people like him just don't believe in you enough to give you the actual power, you know, the actual skill set, the actual tools, the resources to play on the highest stage. They want to keep you as their students. Meanwhile, Dave Ramsey has this huge financial empire, right, with hundreds of employees, and but you know, but he's telling you, no, 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 right? Because you're not, you couldn't be like me, right? You need to just play it safe. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Right. Basically, you know, for lack of better terminology and just follow what I say. And that's just not that's just not something that I agree with. It's not something that resonates with me, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're going to have impact, if you're going to have a, a transformation for you and your family's legacy, you're going to have to play bigger. You're going to have to bet on yourself. You're going to have to take calculated risks. And some of that calculated risk might involve calculated leverage, right? We're not talking about running up consumer debt for the sake of running up consumer debt. We're talking about using money to advance your wealth building. But yet Dave was telling you, hey, I don't care if you make you know, $30,000 a year, you, know, you better figure it out and save until you can buy it out right. And that's just silly, right? That just doesn't make any sense. And so I like to listen to people who understand how to think big, how to take calculated risk, and who feel like you have the capabilities to become the best version of yourself.
0: I was reading an article that was put out yesterday about Tyler Perry, you know, reaching a billionaire status. And in that featured article, he was talking about how he's looking to, you know, create kind of like a Disneyland, right? On his property. And for the first time ever, he's having to come face to face with the reality that even though for most of his life, he went about the old principles of use cash and things of that nature. Now he's realizing he has to take advantage of leverage to be able to see that dream come true. And he's really, He's ready to step into that. Isn't that, like, isn't that fascinating? Very, very,
1: right? And I'm so excited that he's reached billionaire status doing it the way that he's done it in the past. But I bet the revelation that he probably had is how much faster could I have gotten here had I known those, had I, you know, leaned into those principles even sooner, right? But the fact that he's willing to acknowledge that now, that that's a reality of taking things to the next level, number one, it's, it's, it's humbling, um, right? And then number two, it's just, it is, like you said, very fascinating to know that that's just part of the process when you want to play big.
0: So George, looking at your goals of just wanting to help 100,000 people of color be able to invest their first or next $1,000, what's the driving force or what's the driving factor behind why you're so inclined to want to achieve this goal
1: the driving factor is that i know that once you once you get some level of results it inspires you to get to the next level like it's the first stepping stone to the next level of your life right if you're on a weight loss journey and you step on the scale and you see that you're down five pounds You are immediately inspired to say, Let me keep going. Right. And so, if I can get people to tangibly start to invest and then they see, Man, I was at work today where I was running my business and I opened my account and I said, Whoa, look at my, when I compare my savings account to what's happening over here, this is night and day. This is crazy. Right. Once they see that money, they, once you understand that money can work for you, you don't have to work for it. It will change your mentality forever. And my goal is to get people to start small, so that when they get a taste of that, they have now this relentless uh, pursuit and taste for what it's like to finally achieve wealth. Because you know, at the end of the day, you know we only have so much time on this on this earth, and you know you should be spending most of your time doing things that inspire you, doing things that you enjoy, spending time with your family, instead of thinking that the only way to wealth is to go work more hours and trade more time for money. And my ultimate driving force, if I'm just, you know, putting it quite simply is freedom, right? I want people to experience freedom. I want people to know that they can, you know, put money into assets and have it work for them so that they can go enjoy time with their wife, their spouse, their, their child, They can go explore new hobbies because life is ultimately meant to be lived. Yes, I'm building this empire and yes, you know, I I enjoy being a business owner, but what I'm really building is I'm building things that can be sustainable that are separate from my time so that I can build freedom. And so I want people to experience that for themselves through investing so that they can enjoy their life most importantly, and then pass that legacy down to their family. That is my driving force
0: earlier on as i was similar to you just learning more about money i came to discover that there are two ways by which wealth is built and one way is by you know becoming an entrepreneur building a business the other way just like you just said is becoming an investor right and i found that the super rich and wealthy they do both so then <laughs> right right I decided to kind of move my life in that direction. But along that same line, you have this quote, which I'd love for you to further expand on. You said that entrepreneurship is the insurance for a job. What do you mean by that?
1: What I mean by that is right now, as everyone knows, um, as of this recording, we are still in the midst of a global pandemic, right? Some stuff has started to Uh, come back around, but by and large, you know, the the world has changed forever, right? And if you listen to, and I won't keep mentioning his name, but if you listen to some of the other uh, financial educators and big, big air quotes uh, out there, they'll tell you to focus on paying off your debt, paying off your debt, right? But what happens if, you know, you're in the midst of a global pandemic and your job gets impacted and you have, you only have a thousand dollars in savings, but you're, uh, your monthly expenses are like three to 4,000. And after, you know, literally the first month, now you don't know what you're going to do right now with entrepreneurship. The beauty of entrepreneurship is that yes, it can be impacted by the ebbs and flows of the world. There are a lot of entrepreneurs and IE business owners where their, you know, their businesses got disrupted in this season. But if you have a side hustle, if your main income is your job, and you have something where you can generate income at will, then that gives you a cushion or security against the reality that your job, if they're forced with the decision of cutting back in these times, right? And, you know, they're not going to take money out of, you know, the spoon out of their mouth. They're going to take the spoon out of yours, right? And so entrepreneurship effectively becomes that safety net to say, hey, I still have another way to make money. Um, You know, I saw another quote about, uh, three or four months ago that said, um, you know, you got to have multiple income streams because one is too close to zero. One is too close to none. Like, people are literally a paycheck away from poverty, right? And I think this pandemic proved that. It's like, man, you know, for the folks that didn't lose their job, they're, 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 their eyes are finally open, like, ooh, if this would have happened to me, if I were to look at my bank account, I would be out of luck, right? And for the folks that did lose their job, they're like, oh, man, I didn't realize that I was literally one paycheck away from being, you know, basically out on the street. Right. And so, you know, I think it's just so important to have that backup plan, even if, you know, you don't desire to build this big, robust empire just for nothing else to say, Hey, look, I want to make sure that if one of the faucets get turned off, I have something else I can turn on.
0: So brother for the audience listening and wondering, you know, where do I start or how do I start, right? Can you go over like smart ways to build wealth?
1: Absolutely, right? So if you are trying to figure out where to start, the first thing you wanna do is you wanna identify what you want out of this life, right? Because financial freedom, financial independence is gonna look different for everybody, right? So you gotta start to think about what does the ideal life look like, right? You hear people talk about creating vision boards and things of that nature, And so you really want to understand, what do I want my life to look like? Because once you start to understand that, you can start to, you know, quantify in dollars and cents what it's going to take to achieve it, right? You might say, I'd love to take, you know, two to three trips a year. I'd love to be able to live in this type of house. I'd love to be able to drive this type of car. I'd love to be able to like, think about those things, right? And then you can start to script out like, okay, well, what does that stuff cost? right? And then people often think that retirement, I mean, excuse me, building wealth is all about accumulating a ton of money. And then you get to a point where you can just draw down off the interest of that account or the growth of that account and never dip into the principal. right? A lot of people think that's what um, building wealth um, is all about. Now, the reality is like, you know, Dr. Hans said, you know, you can build businesses and you can invest. And so, the the quicker you cannot realize that building wealth or more importantly, financial independence is more about having income that can replace or cover your liabilities, then essentially you can effectively be retired. Even if you're still a business, even if you're still you know doing stuff, if you have created passive income, right, that can cover your liabilities, you effectively have reached financial independence. So what I would do is I would start start small. I would look, I would start one bill at a time, right? Okay. My phone bill is $110. Can, is there something I can do? Is there a business that I can create that I can rain, sleet, or snow? I know I can make an extra $110 to cover it, right? Then you look at your next bill, right? Your light bill. Then you look at your car insurance. Then you look at, you know, you get the point here. And then once you can create income an income stream or income streams that can cover that, or you can also see how your investments are growing to where at a certain point they can cover that. Then you can easily get on the path to financial independence. Look at it one expense at a time and look at how, what can I do to replace that? How much money would I need to invest, uh, have invested to be able to replace that from the income that that investment could produce, right? Whether it's the stock market, whether it's real estate. And then before you know it, you'll backdoor into having all of your expenses covered, your whole entire lifestyle covered. And now that gives you the element of choice. Building wealth is about choices. Building wealth is about giving yourself options to say, I do want to do this or I don't want to do that. Unfortunately, so many people start most of their day off without the choice. I have to go to work. I have to work for this company because of the position that they put themselves in. So your main goal is to start one step at a time to give yourself your element of choice back. And I would recommend starting one bill at a time.
0: George, in wrapping up, are you working on any like projects that you'd like to share?
1: Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked, right? So um, like we we talked about earlier in the podcast about representation, right? Um, And I think one of the other things I think is really important in, leveling up your mindset is community right community and accountability and so you know one of the things that i'm working on right now is i'm working on uh what you know a private financial social network well actually i guess it's public anybody can join but a a so financial social network called pocket advisor Um, and so what pocket advisor effectively will do is it will act in a couple of ways number one Imagine going to a place like Instagram or like, you know, your favorite social network. And instead of having to try to pin or save or filter through the noise to find, you know, those financial thought leaders that you want to listen to, imagine coming to a network where that is all that is there, right? So either you're someone that's coming to learn, right? Or you're someone that who has been tapped as a pillar in the financial education space, who is creating content for people who are exclusively coming to learn about money. So you don't have to filter through all of the noise that we find on the other social networks, which we're so grateful for these phenomenal free platforms to spread our messages. And I wanted to create a place where people who want to learn about money don't have to sift through that. They can come, they know that these people have been vetted, and you can find the people or the person that you want to learn from when it comes to, to money. And it's not just investing, it's investing, personal finance, uh, taxes, bookkeeping, all of the different aspects of financial education, I will be going searching high and low for the top financial educators, you being one of them, that I want to create for this platform. The other thing that it will do is there will be separate advice channels that you can join. So you say, you know what? I'm glad that I have access to all this variety of information, but now I'm starting to learn what I really care about, whether it, it is investing, whether it is learning how to get into the real estate, you're, you're starting to learn what matters to you. And so that you can create, you know, a, a, a ecosystem within the platform, you can then subscribe to certain advice channels to learn from the best and brightest educators in our space uh, about those topics, uh, all while connecting with peers who are on that same journey, right? So now you have people who are on the journey with you, you're building community, you're able to um, have a level of accountability, Uh, We'll also host monthly money challenges. And so I'm really, really excited about that project because it ultimately becomes the culmination of everything that I've ever worked for, right? And that's being able to educate people at scale, um, being able to provide them with the resources uh, that they need to know to take their money to the next level. And effectively, you'll be able to build your money team on the platform right? So whether you want to co-invest on on a certain deal with someone, you'll likely be able to find your co-investor. Whether you want to learn about different aspects or avenues or money, you'll be able to to do that. And you'll be able to be encouraged by like-minded people who have that limitless mentality when it comes to finance.
0: I'm very excited about that project because as you were sharing the examples of co-investing, one of the reasons why as Blacks, we haven't been able to build a lot of wealth is we've been kept out of many IPOs, right? If you don't know that tech founder, how would you be able to get in, let's say, Airbnb's IPO way before they even started talking about an IPO, right? If you didn't know Mark Zuckerberg, how are you going to, uh, you know, get in on, on that IPO? But imagine if on this platform, okay, pocket advisor that you're building, Imagine someone had the proximity to you know, a Mark Zuckerberg or a, you know, a Jeff Bezos and they had the opportunity to go invest, but then maybe their capital is not enough, right? Maybe their raise is 50K and maybe they have 20. Imagine them coming over to your platform, looking for others, right? And how that could begin to level the playing field in terms of and this is just like one example but i think what you're doing is phenomenal and it's going to have an incredible impact
1: thank you so much man i am i am so excited about it and i mentioned before the call that you know we'll get some time on the calendar to talk more cuz you are definitely one of the pillars in our industry and i'm so excited to have you be one of those educators right to filter through the noise of what you know financial education is which is why Um, you know, I'm going to be really big on it because you and I both, you know, understand that there's certain people that are teaching certain principles that are just limiting and holding our people back. And we need to make sure that we're vetting those folks out so that people can get the real information that they need
0: to be able to take their finances to the next level. For individuals who want to connect with you, you know, probably listen to this episode and they're like, man, George is someone that I need to know. I need to follow I need to learn from, or possibly, you know, work with. How do they connect with you?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, the social platform that I'm most active on, until Pocket Advisor is live, <laughs> um, is Instagram. Um, so you can find me at George Achimpong Jr. Um, there. You know, I'm not the larger-than-life guy, so I will respond to DMs. You know, I might not see them all in you know in the beginning, but. I, when I do see them, I do respond, so feel free to first connect with me there and check out my content to see if you like what I'm talking about and then if you want to you know learn more, shoot me a dm and to learn more about what I have going on, or you can also click the link in my bio on instagram uh, there'll be several links to you know the latest and greatest things that I'm currently offering and working on, and I'd love to connect them. I also have a podcast as well called the Uncensored show so if you search. Uh, my name on wherever you get your podcast, I create some a weekly podcast that airs every Friday there, and other than that, um yeah, let just connect with me and if there 's anything I can do to be a resource to you in your journey towards wealth building uh, i 'd love to do so
0: and you all, i 'll go ahead and put the details in the show notes so that you can you know have the spelling of george 's last name and it 's a Ghanaian last name, so for you, or I'll be I'll do that so you can have that. And George, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time. You know, like I said at the beginning, you've been an incredible inspiration. Just seeing how you've grown, seeing how you brand yourself on social media, um, it's just been absolutely phenomenal to watch. Now, before I let you go, there's one last question that I ask everyone, or if I should say, every guest that joins us on the podcast, and it is this. You know the concept of generational wealth, right? Being able to pass on wealth to the next generation and then to the next. I want us to think of this concept of generational wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to imagine you have a sheet of paper and you can pass on three nuggets of wisdom to the next generation and to the next. What are those three nuggets for you?
1: Wow, that is a, uh, probably the best question I've ever been asked on podcasts. And I've, and I've been on a lot of different things. So that's a great question. One nugget of generational wisdom would be to invest in yourself through knowledge to learn things that others are not willing to learn because if you can learn things that others aren't willing to learn then you will always be a necessity Um, that's the first one Um, the second one is to build start building wealth as early as possible to take advantage of time and take advantage of your youth because it'll make the process so much easier if you get started early and you do it often. And my last one is to help and impact as many people as possible because it's success will become inevitable, right? If you are focus your time and your energy on helping people and being a pillar of support and a beacon of light, then success is inevitable, right? If I help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000, it's impossible for me not to be successful. And so lead with serving and understanding that who you serve does not have to be the person that pays you.
0: And there you have it. Uh, George, thank you so much for taking the time to share with my audience it's been an absolutely it's been an absolute delight and i cannot wait for us to uh, dive into you know pocket advisor and you know possibly been working together on a couple of projects in the future
1: absolutely thank you again for having me and i look forward to connecting soon